Well, it is Thursday, beautiful people. We are in it. It is the end of the week. It is Friday Eve. <laughs> Happy Thursday, beautiful people. Babs Rose Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. I uh, I trust that your Passover uh, yesterday was to my Jewish brothers and sisters was uh, well. I guess that's what I want to say. Well, uh, I hope it was well. Ah, uh, so it's Thursday. I went to uh, I went to see my friend Emily Bernard at the uh, at the Yale Review yesterday. They had a they're kicking off a spring, some kind of spring literary festival kind of vibe thing. Yeah, the Yale Review Spring twenty twenty three. So I went there yesterday, uh, 320 York. I've never been in that building, in the building, like deep into it. I'm telling you, money is a wonderful thing. Money will have you have a tricked out space. That was a great space we were in. It was like, what kind of space is this? <laughs> the chairs were nice. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but anyway, um, so she was there in conversation with... Uh, Catherine Lofton and Garth Greenwell. Uh, and they were talking about all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, it, you know, it's one of these intellectual highbrow kind of conversations around cancel culture and sex and dating. And I, I, I was just like, whoa, it was really good though. Like it was, it it really was a masterclass in just literary literary jousting. Like I, I'm just sitting in there like, whoa, this is something. Anyway, uh, so that's where I was, and I, I got a copy of this, and they had some swag, right? I, I'm forever getting bags, but I just thought this was such a good looking bag, right? The Yale Law Review, and it is the oldest, uh. It's the oldest magazine uh, in the country. It's the oldest literary thing. So I was like, all right, yeah, get, get into it. So that was a wonderful, it was a wonderful hour and a, hour and a half I spent. I just was, I, listen, the conversation was rich, rich, rich. I, I mean, it, it was something. So I, Rethink Yale and their and their uh and the people that they bring because that was pretty damn good. I could have sat there all afternoon. I was tired too. I was really I was falling asleep, but I was committed to the uh to the conversation. It was good. So I I got this. I'm I'm gonna pour through this too. Cause I don't know these people. So and these are like literary titans, I guess. So I don't know them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read through this. And uh, take a take a look, see and see what gets on my nerves and what, you know, because I I know a lot of it's gonna be from the white gaze, but that's all right. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna take a deep dive. I is, uh, I'm not gonna subscribe to it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a read. Uh, and then I ran over to uh, the Yale Divinity School, and uh, hung out over there and listened to Reverend Barber again and introduced his team and what this. Uh, what this theological policy center thing is going to look like. You know, I just got one critique. I'm not going to say it right now because uh, I'm I'm going to the tea today. 
Uh, but I got I got one critique, but I'm gonna hold it because I because I might be uh, premature. So I'm gonna wait and hear. Uh, I suspect nobody's considered it because that's the way of Yale. Uh, but I I have a thought. But I'm gonna wait and see. I'm gonna wait and see. And then uh, if I don't see it, then I'm gonna have to raise it. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I know this is good and everything, but let me tell you what the missing piece is. And if you want some peace, you know, you want some good press and some good will, you need to do these things right here. You know, I'm gonna see if anybody else catches it. I'm gonna see. So I was up at the Divinity School yesterday, and so many people were so surprised that I didn't get in. I was because somebody's gate hope, somebody is deliberately. I think somebody is deliberately sitting on me. That's fine. That's all right. But you know, I am not without my tools. So I'll apply again. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and not to say that I deserve to get in. I'm not, that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that I, I, I don't know. So anyway, that's where, that's where we are with that. But I, I, have one other thing in front of me that I need to put all my attention to and that's called the LSAT and so I just need to uh I need to think about that and be about that LSAT LSAT so I'm all about the LSAT right now so much so that uh I've started a, a everyday study group from Friday till next week um, for some real rigorous study on site at the law school. And uh, it's got, I got a couple of days approved. So they're working on getting me some more days. And whoever in my cohort wants to show up, show up, but pull up, pull up. What did Rihanna say? Pull up. Because uh, we, I, I got to, I got to get this in, you know. Uh, so a couple of things. I mean, I, I got a lot of things. You know, just when you think you move into a sweet, soft space, then some more stuff comes around the bend. You're like, damn it. <laughs> Can't I just have a streak of just chill, like softness, chill? No, Babs. No, you cannot. You know why? Because you're Babs and you, you've got to keep, you've got to keep jousting. All right. And you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to get worried. Worry, worry is the antithesis to prayer. There's no point to it. You know, I spent five, I spent maybe a few minutes worrying about something that's coming up, that's happening. And I was like, I ain't nothing I can, I'm in the bed resting. I was like, well, you know, worrying about it from where you are right now is not going to fix a damn thing. So get on with your life. Like, it's, you can't, do, there's nothing you can do. In the bed right now at five o'clock in the morning, girl. Uh, and so that's the kind of work that I do with myself so that I don't get all, I don't have panic attacks and I don't have anxiety stuff because I, I walk myself, I, I am very rational and I walk myself through when I start to feel some kind of way. I start talking to myself and I start walking myself back. That's why I don't, I don't have panic attacks or anxiety or any of that. 
because I nip it in the bud because I don't let it climb up over me and overwhelm me. And, you know, when you start walking in truth, you're like, okay, it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm worrying about this. There's nobody I could call because ain't nobody going to take my call at five o'clock in the morning. There's nothing I could do about this. Nothing. And me trying to worry about this is the antithesis, antithesis of prayer. So pray, go to sleep, get up later, and then you get into the day and you go deal with it. That's that's what it is. That's why I, I never feel I, I, I that's just something I've been doing, and I because I, I don't I don't like I don't like being out of sorts. You know I don't I just don't like being out of sorts, and so uh, I just have to acknowledge what it is and get through it right. And not like push through, but just like, okay, let me quickly run through the reality of this. The reality of this is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Okay, where can I disrupt? Where can I sit back? Where can I, what? And then, and then it's done. Then I was like, okay, then I, then I have a plan and then I can go execute the plan. Like right now, I got stuff to do from now to when I get off air to, to, to meeting with my, my law school coach. I got to do that. And then, and then I get to tackle whatever that issue is. See what I'm saying? So now I could just get on through it without being distracted by worrying about whatever the thing is. And, you know, I've learned in my life, uh, nothing is final. Nothing is the end. And, uh, and if you just calm yourself, you could just work through anything. That's, that's how, that's what I do. I just calm myself and work through anything. I don't worry about I'm not worrying about whatever. And I, I could be caught up in the overwhelm because God knows I got 50 million things going on. You know, we're in the middle of an ED search for the arts council. You know, uh, 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 I, I, I chair that. I chair solitary, Connecticut solitary confinement. And we are building an agenda on how to talk to the state about solitary confinement and things that fall underneath that, like strip searches. So my brain has to be fired for that, right? Okay, I got that. Um, uh, uh, Planned Parenthood stuff. I, I got to be thinking about that because all over this country, women are under siege. So I have to be focused when we talk about that. Long Wharf Theater, I'm on that board. I got to be thinking about that. So there's all the things. I mean, I'm I'm good. And I still want to have time for my own personal enjoyment, like my damn birthday trip, which is coming up soon. And I'll be on the plane on my way to North Africa, you know, and, 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 and I got other things that I gotta, I gotta contend with and that's fine. Everybody's got stuff to contend with. You know, I just, I just put it in where it gotta go. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, what would make it all better. A lottery ticket or like a ridiculous amount of money. I'm just saying, I know it'll bring other problems. I don't want anybody to tell me, Oh, money just brings more problems. It might, but you know what else brings more pro- pro- problems? Poverty. <laughs> and you know, I like to be able to compare the two. I know what it's like to be poor. I don't know what it's like to be really, really rich. Just saying. Harry, you got a blue screen. What's happening? Okay. I like that color blue though. Um, so yeah, I, I'd like to see. I like to see what it's like to have, you know, millions of dollars and then see. And then I can compare. <laughs> do I like being rich or do I like being poor? 
So don't tell me nothing. I don't want nobody to tell me nothing about, oh, well, with more money comes more problems. Well, I, I would imagine so. But the, the but the 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 kinds of problems would be, I think, very different than the ones that I'm having as a poor person. I I, I would say at least at, at least I could wipe out my poor people's problems with some money. And then whatever the rich problems are, I'll just deal with it. What? People coming after me because they think they related to me and they want money? All right, I'll lawyer up for that. I mean, you just lawyer up for all the things and let them deal with it. And then you pay them a hefty fee, but listen, <laughs> that's that's what you do. <laughs> I'm just saying, I want to see what it's like. First world citizen, third world problems. You damn right, Harry. You know, because uh, I... I I want to know. I want to know. I want to know what it's like. You know, maybe that's a lofty ask. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to, um, I want to, um, see what it's like to have money that I, I, I that the, 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 the worries that I have now could be erased. You know, that's, that's how I'm thinking about this, but you know, but I know cause there are people like money can't buy happiness. Oh, hell yes, it can. You know how happy I would be if I could. I'm already, first of all, number one, I'm already legit happy. I am already legit happy. Money would just enhance that happiness. You know what I would do with my friends? I could retire my friends. I could retire some relatives. And by relatives, I mean my sister and my brothers. That's what I mean. Uh, and and my girlfriends, we could build our, our Golden Girls mansion somewhere, our you know, our ranch mansion somewhere in the world and then have like little apartments in other places so we could like hit hit our spots, you know, uh, and then have a place on the vineyard. I mean, that's money would allow you to do that. <laughs> I, I really, I, I should have thought about, I should have held on to my youth a little differently and made some different decisions, but hey, Hey, that's the way that's the way of the world. So uh that's what I that's what I would like to get into. I know, I know, I know, I know that people listening right now like, Pabs, money can't make you happy. Oh yes, it can. Yes, the hell it can. Because you know, when I have disposable income, I'm happy. <laughs> happier. I'm happy now. I'd be happier. You know what I mean? And I'm not one of these people. I don't need a gazillion cars. I might buy one. I might buy two cars, a really two fancy cars. And by fancy, I mean like one luxury car and then one get around town SUV kind of thing. I would do that. That's what I'm talking about. Um, uh, and, and places to live, you know, but not, not, not in excess. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't need to live in the biggest house and just me. I that I don't even want that. I want someplace nice. I already live someplace nice, but you know, bigger and without other people. <laughs> and then and then build our our golden girls ranch mansion. Ranch meaning everything on one floor, because you know, who got time for stairs? You know. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to buy me a lottery ticket today. I swear to God, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. Buy, I'm going to spend about $5 and go get me a good lottery ticket. 
I won fifty dollars the other day. I was so surprised. I was like, a sixty dollar. I actually won sixty dollars. So I was like, okay, that's pretty nice. But you know, half of it goes in the gas tank. You know, and you little five dollars scratch off. You win fifty dollars or sixty dollars or whatever it is. You're like, oh, okay. So, you know, that's 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 where I'm at. So anyway, ten fifteen, we got Anru coming on. Uh, and it'd be nice to talk to him because he had a birthday the other day. So it'd be nice to sort of say happy birthday in person. Tomorrow I've got um, Titus Kafar and uh, Dwayne Betts, Reginald Dwayne Betts on to talk about their their delicious new book. This piece of high ass art, <laughs> art and liter, art and literature. These black folks kill. And I love it. And it's it's a it's a it's a movable book, right? Like it's it's not a hard cover. It's a hardcover, but it's pliable because you can't you can't imprint you can't send um hardcover books to prison. Although they have no, maybe they don't have any. I can't remember what I I think I read some hardcover books, but anyway. Um, but this is a beautiful, a beautiful book. And uh it's very interesting. It's it I you know, when you pick it up, you know this is some high-ass art-ish. <laughs> I mean, it's just some high and uh and when you look at the artwork, you see, I mean, and look, you could see through the pages and all of that. So I want to, I want to get into it with him and talk about, tell me about this. What, what, what do you want people to take from this? And then you have all this gorgeous art and how do you, how do you do, how do you do this? How do you do this? And how long did it take? That's what I want to know. And this damn thing is a hundred dollars. Thank you. Thank you to the, uh. Thank you to the uh, publishing house for sending it to me. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you greatly. So, uh, yeah. So, and then, uh, and I got some guests coming on. Oh, I got a full calendar coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, because, you know, I'm about to get out of town. So I'm going to be talking to all kinds of people uh, in the next next couple of days, in the next week or so, I think. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do what we can and do as much as we can. Uh, Paul is away, so there'll be no word on the street till Monday, I think. And uh, that's what it is. Uh, let's see, what else is going on? Oh, so much, so much, so much. And then uh, I fly out on the 26th. You know, we roll out. And, next, and then the next day, we're in Marrakesh. We're halfway around the world. So I'm looking forward to it. I I, I, you know, I, I'm excited, but I'm not, I'm not a uh, giddy yet. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I'm one of these people, the traveling part is fine. Going is fine. Once I get there, then I can be like, okay, you know, and then the birthday and then all the stuff and everything and everywhere all at once, it's going to be nice. But having two dresses made, I think my mature designer will have the dress made for my birthday. My student sister friend, niece, daughter is uh, designing, but she's a student. So she got to she gotta get the student stuff done. So so that dress probably won't show up until way after I get back. But that's all right, because I have a photo shoot uh, coming my way. And uh, yeah, so so I, I, I paid down my credit card. So I have access to my credit card while I'm away. I need to call them and tell them I'll be out of the country so they don't hijack me. I go to the bank, tell the bank I'll be out of the country so they don't shut me down. You'd be like, oh, somebody's spending money in your account. 
in Morocco. It's like, I'm in Morocco. It's me. But you know, you got to tell them because they will shut you down. I remember one time I was ordering books from uh, from uh, uh, the uh, the Chateau in France that I follow. I follow the Chateau, uh, uh, the Gaudains and uh, the Gaudain Chateau. And I've been following them since the since they bought it and they've been renovating it. And now you could stay there. They're still, it's still a work in progress. But anyway, they created a whole book, a love story book. So I bought one for me and I bought one for uh, my friend Andrew. So I'm, I'm ordering in the middle of the night to France and uh, my bank, I don't know what the hell happened, but somebody called me and said, uh, somebody's using your card in France. <laughs> I was like, oh no, that's me. I'm not in France. I'm home. I'm buying because it 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 was to the gift shop, and uh, so somebody called me to say somebody's using your card in a gift shop in France. I know that's me. <laughs> Swear to God, they called me. <laughs> It was some ridiculous hour. Like the security people called me and said, there's some activity. I was like, yeah, I bought two books. <laughs> it's me. I'm in the bookstore <laughs> from my bed. <laughs> I just was like, whoa, that is some security. When the moment that I'm making this transaction, they were like, whoa, 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 flag, flag, flag. Whoop, 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 whoop. I was like, okay, all right. I swear to God, they called me. I get this. I, it must have been like two o'clock in the morning, like some ridiculous hour because I wanted this book, you know. And, uh, and let me tell you something. They sent these books so beautifully. I asked for a handwritten note and they did a, a, a handwritten note in French for Andrew saying what I wanted to say. And then they wrapped it beautifully. And, you know, I'm I'm a stationary nut. So they they did the wax thing and it was just gorgeous. I mean, mine's was gorgeous. So his was gorgeous too. So when he got it, he was like, oh my God. And they wrapped it in beautiful ribbon. And I held on to it forever and ever and ever. Now I don't know where the damn book is. The book is probably somewhere in my it's here in my my storage bin slash dormitory of an apartment. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. Um, so, so yes. So um, what I'm saying is I need to go to the bank and tell them. I'm going to tell them now. And then I'm going to tell them again before I leave. I'm going to be out of the country and I'm going to be using my card. Don't you shut me down. <laughs> and I'm going to take cash too. Cause I can't mess around. I'm going to take some cash. I'm going to take some cash and I, and I, I travel very light and I'm going to make it my business to travel lighter so that when I shop, I can put stuff in my bag. So I'm going to save me a cube open, a free cube. Cause I have, I pack with cubes. So I'm going to leave one open so that uh, I can fit stuff in it. Please. I'm just going to ask the gods, please don't let me find some lamps or lanterns <laughs> or so we have this running joke, me and uh and Benita and and Ife and Marquisha know the story too, how she she was uh, I think she was leaving Turkey and she had this rug and she was dragging this giant ass rug through the airport of Turkey and it was stinky, you know. <laughs> and it's it's one of my favorite stories. 
So, so every time we try, we're like, oh boy, when are we going to go look at rugs? <laughs> so we go, go look at rugs. Please, God, I'm asking the gods, don't let me get a, don't let me fall in love with a rug. Please, 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 don't let me fall in love with a rug because I'm not dragging anything through the airport but my luggage. That is it. That is it. <laughs> Oh my God, that is that is hilarious. So so anyway, my people's uh yes. Oh, I'm 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 deliberately I deliberately purposely travel light. I'm gonna travel lighter so that I can put some stuff, you know. I mean, I, I got a bunch of captains. I'm gonna wrap them jokers up, throw them in the bag, and be like, okay. And and I'll wear the uh what I'll wear a captain on Tuesday and turn around and wear it again on Thursday. Like, I'm not these I don't care. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm already impressive just, just being me. And I, I dress nice anyway, so I don't got nothing to prove. So, hey, Harry. Hey, what Babs. are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just wondering. So your party is. May 2nd. May 2nd. So that means you're not doing work. Um, the great gift. No. Oh God! I know this is the first year I'm not doing great give. What's gonna happen? I'm, that means I have somebody else. Um. <laughs> somebody else got to. Well, well, they take over this. They take over the the station anyway, right? For the day, Paul turns it over to them. Yeah. So <coughs> I I reminded him before he went um, on this. I say vacation, but it's a holiday. You know, Jewish holiday. Um. And he was like, what do you mean she's not? I said, she's going to be in Morocco. She's not going to be here. He's like, oh, I got to figure out what to do with those two hours. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't like that guest host and stuff. So that's got to be him. Him or you. That's it. Well, you know, um, I was going to go, but my commitment to the great give. <laughs> Is what kept me. Are <laughs> you are you are so noble. <laughs> Every day I'm stunned by how noble you are. You, you, you know, every holiday that comes up, I go like good, good Friday tomorrow, right? Yes. And I'm like, why didn't I take off? Why didn't we? Why didn't I just? Everybody around me disappears for these holidays and i'm here and i it's like i i don't tell babs to take off i don't tell anybody to take I, we need to plan <coughs> there's a lot of federal holidays that we just work through all the time yeah no we do we do we do we do we do we have to plan ahead but if you leave it to me I, i'll forget until the day so you just have to, you know, let me know when you want to take off on holidays. I will. Because <laughs> it's like, why don't you take off? Have you ever been to? No, nobody's ever told me we can't take off. It's just like, just don't plan on taking off. So, yeah, I mean, just well, I mean, because there's uh, those days sometimes like Veterans Day is a good holiday for me to have veterans on right so you know what i mean like oh we do the same thing for martin luther king yeah like we, we reason our way through through not taking off so it's like <laughs> right 
Like, I mean, we just, we just, we just, although last year, this year, what we do, we, we just played the speeches, right? Yeah. yeah All this, day, this was which was good. nice, you know, because there are so many people, Harry, who don't know the whole speeches. Yeah. And we play different speeches. So it's like, yeah. So we, we mix them know in. That I have a dream speech. So, and then people don't really know that, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, they know that part. <laughs> <laughs> They, they know that part. They know that part. So, you know. So who do you have for medical insurance, Harry? Who do you have? Uh, My insurance company or my? Yeah. Like, uh, who do you have for health insurance? Well care. Okay. You like them? I use them. I, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, you know, I need to look into it because my mother told me. Oh, I have well care and you get free vitamins and this stuff. And, and I'm like, I don't even check on this. They send me stuff all the time. Get this, get that. And I'm like, I have no clue what I get for free. And I buy tons of vitamins and stuff like that. So mm. I do have to look into that, see how good my health insurance is. Okay. And do you get health insurance through uh through WNHH? Um, yeah, well, yeah, Paul pays for it. Okay. All right. Um, and then I used to be double insured because Karen used to always, but this, with this new job, um, she didn't include me on her insurance. So I was like, just save. Cause I, I try not to go to doctors. <laughs> try not that, to that's, go to that's, doctors. That's not the message I was trying to. <laughs> I'm like, I have insurance, so there's no point in double paying. And then, you know, when you're playing with these insurance companies, they go, who's the primary? Who's this? Oh, and yeah, oh. yeah. And it's like, yeah. yeah, I end up paying my co-pays anyway. And it's like, wait, but should it one back up the other? Well, that's not how it works. So it's like, yeah. why pay double? And, and it should back up the other, but, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. But but yeah, I, just, I mean, I and then I have Trinity Health is the, you know, that now is like you have to go to, to these doctor conglomerates, like it's like it's all put together. So, I, I wish we just had universal health care because I really enjoyed my Medicaid experience, my Husky experience. I'm talking but, about but they just I'm, canceling a lot of people, right? Well, well I'm one of them, Harry. I'm one mm -hmm. of them. I'm one of them. And uh, so I got to find new health insurance. I got to buy into something. Yeah, I've not bought into health insurance and since my children were little because it, it came as part of the adoption package. There's a lot of weird things happening. Like um, I was reading an article that the USDA was planning on cutting milk in the WIC program. <laughs> And I'm like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> I thought that's what Wick was for. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, so women, that's, women so infant, and children, and I, I don't know what we, I don't. I... Yeah. <sighs> and Walmart um, announced that they're doing a lot of layoffs, cutbacks, and they also announced yesterday. Now, this is weird, right? So they said they're saying um, a lot of places 
they're just getting rid of their stores because of vandalism and stuff like that. And that, <laughs> so they need to actually increase their revenue and stuff. But they're investing in AI, Bab. So they're going to replace a lot of these. Oh, you know that's coming, Harry. It's coming. Yeah. So it's come. I mean, when you already look at what um, Amazon is doing, right, has done, you know, with their AI and, and all the stuff that they have, it's coming. Like, it's going to be so many people without work. Yeah, I just saw um, ChatGPT, one of the news places were talking to it. And um, it asked... Ask ChatGPT, and that's the AI program. Um, yes, I, I know. They asked them. Uh, I'm oh, sorry, it's called Skynet. <laughs> it, they asked ChatGPT, what, what jobs can it replace humans with? And it listed a bunch of jobs. ChatGPT is like, <laughs> we ready. <laughs> we we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. Yeah. And you don't got to pay us. And we don't take no sick days. Oh, yeah, oh and I'm trying to find the article, but. Somebody tell Paul, you can't you can't put AI on the radio. <laughs> I'm trying to find the article, but it oh here it goes. We're gonna be the last holdout, Harry, on the earth. We're gonna be our radio station is gonna be the last outpost for so, human. So they check they checked what in the labor, the Bureau of Labor Statistics and found that. At least 4.8 million American jobs could be replaced right now by AI. 4.8 million jobs. Ah, oh, we gotta pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta pump the brakes. Yeah. And you better you, you better so, have an exit strategy, Harry, for your family. That's all, all I'm gonna say. So it listed it could do. These are some of them: customer service representatives, translators, interpreters. Technical writers, copywriters, data entry clerks. So it just is going down the list of things it could do. And um, one person actually put in facts of a story and asked it to write an article in a New York Times format. And it actually wrote an article like if it's a it was the reporter. So yeah. chat, chat well, they, what they're finding though, it's not it's not a perfect system because there's glitches. Um, so they're figuring this out. And 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 you know, there's um there's software now, Harry, to, to determine if something is uh AI generated because you know, colleges, universities are uh that yeah, makes me nervous. It makes me but, nervous. But the because... thing is is that this the chat GPT is is um learning is self-learning so it's learning as it goes along so and so, so is the anti anti so is the anti uh software too yeah so, so it's neck and neck so it, it's gonna be really difficult to actually you know differentiate between what is ai because ai's ultimate goal is to actually appear like if they're human beings on- i know i know that's the goal harry <laughs> so listen funny. We have seen the Terminator <laughs> franchise. We know we know how this is gonna end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oof. we we know how this is gonna end, Harry. Listen, when when they start making personal security robots that stand outside your door around your property, 
and shoot to kill if somebody well, is I got, unidenti- I got unidentified. Yeah, I got a story here that um, robot dogs are actually starting to be put into use as patrol dogs. Um, not here in America yet, but the Australian military has mastered it to the point where they could they put on some glasses and they could tell AI what to do just by thoughts. Yeah. So the robot dogs. You know how that's going to fare for us, right? And for us, New York City <laughs> is using these dogs as to check for bombs and stuff like that. But, you know, once you start putting them into motion, they're going to go from bomb sniffing robots. sniffing to. You know, so, I mean, and Singapore just put them into patrols. Foot patrol. <laughs> I, I I I think you're right, pumping the brakes, but we're not. We're because not people because people are excited about technology without thought to moral composition or you know. And there are people who work morally on this issue, you know, to help combat people's foolishness. But yeah, you know, South Korea's put them into their police force also. Um, yeah. So it's like. And it's funny because um, you had a whole bunch of, you know, of the leading technical people, including Elon Musk and all of these people come out and say, let's take a six month pause. Mm -hmm. And it's too late. Six months. Are you kidding me? You want a six month pause on AI that's already, you know, we had an article a few about a week ago. That said, how do we know that AI isn't controlling us now? Whoa. All right, we're going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> right? So at what point are we going to realize that they've taken over? We won't. Well, we think like we- I said, Harry, we've seen this movie. <laughs> Harry, are, are you and I going to be the ones to say, do, you want, do we need to save the world? Just let me know what we got to do. Are you ready? We ready to save the world? Come on. What you need to do is is build yourself a Faraday cage, a a a room that's protected, so that AI can't come into it. Mm. Is that uh, called a hood? (laughs) (laughs) No, unfortunately, that's called called the hood. (laughs) Unfortunately, Babs, all the cameras they're putting up in the hood. Oh, I know. (laughs) I don't think so. I feel like I should walk out my house and just wave. Hey, good morning. Yep. And we have actually, there are drones being used in America, but you don't even know they're up there and they're looking at you. So, yeah, we've we've lost a lot of our freedom. Um, I mean, currently, those drones can be used against you unless they see, uh, you know, because of your freedom, your privacy, but it, it's all murky there, right? It's a thin line because what's privacy if you're in public? So it's yeah. like, well, I, I surmise that there is no private. Right. I, well, I would surmise, not even in your own home, Harry, because if you have gadgets in your home that are listening to you and paying attention which, to what's being which said. Which Alexa is. Which so Alexa you, is because if you it, don't turn off, if you don't turn off the microphone, it's listening. Right, you have to actually go and um, this disable it. Um, and yes, tell, can't listen even though you know it's still listening. But. And how many people were doing that? 
you know my my mm-hmm. desktop comes with a little a little button that can do this right yeah. so I, I i make it a habit of shutting it at night i remember i saw steve jobs say that he was like come just cover your camera he's like because people can tap in and watch you yeah I, I, he, you know. and when he said that mess I just was like, what? Well, one of the, right, he was one of the richest people and he was known for having tape on his. Yes, on his. That's like. And I'm like, that's weird, right? A, a rich dude like that, why why doesn't he just, you know, get rid of his camera or, but he would put tape on his camera. So now they build him with the little lever so you could just close yeah. it so you don't have to put unsightly tape. I was like, whoa. So I make it a habit of closing it, you know, at night or when I'm not here. Because yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, listen, if you look, if you spy in on my space, all the junk that I have, because my, my daughters are here. So it looks like a dorm slash storage unit. <laughs> then God help you. Then you then you have a really boring ass existence. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you think that, but it's about world domination, right? So China, China's always looking in at what they could use against you. So it's it could be ten thousand hours of you doing nothing, and then that one time, <laughs> you that one something. time you stab your neighbor. That's right. <laughs> They'll be like, "Oh, we got her." <laughs> now she's our spy. <laughs> Listen, I got I listen, Harry. I'm just trying to buy me a winning lottery ticket. That's that's really for me. That's really what that is at this point in my life. As I sit at sixty, I don't I don't know if I'll ever invent anything that'll earn me billions of dollars. I don't I don't foresee that. But I'm not gonna say no because you know some of the strangest inventions by people, are purely accident accident. Have you have you started watching um The Last of Us now that it is done? Not yet. We're go- we're going to though. It's 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 coming. We're we're at the point where we're kind of we've binged on all the our old shows that we we always throw into the rotation when we have nothing else to see. Okay. So, well, you Harry, you I'm telling you, you will love this show. You will love it. Cause it will just freak you all the way out. <laughs> you know, you'll like the freakiness of it. You'll be like, wait, oh my God. And don't be texting me when you come across ish either. Like, oh my God, bam, like Harry, I told you to watch this show. <laughs> just to finish with the chat GPT, you have, um, that's this young lady that hooked up her Furby with chat GPT and it, a Furby? It, yeah, she she posted the video online and she asked Furby, Do you, what's your plan to take over the world? And the Furby says to, you know, get into homes and th- disarm people with our cuteness and then eventually, you know, eventually take over the world. It's like creepy. That, that's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what a lot of these articles. What I want to do, Harry. I want to take over the. Well, a lot of these articles start with that um, Last of Us. Um, you know, in the midst of this, The Last of Us, 
look at these robot dogs. Look at these this. Look at it telling us, hey, this, this is a warning. Yeah. It's coming for us. Yes. But it is. It's weird what's happening. America is becoming weird right now. Really weird. Right? Becoming so you have... weird? Well, more weird. In Los Angeles, they're, they're blasting classical music and using lights, strong lights, to try to um, get rid of homeless people. What? Yeah. What? So. Wait, what? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> what? What article? What article was that? Like, who's who's the? This is. Uh, what is that? At? I'm on MSN money uh hold on so they're blasting classical music they're blasting because is classical music some kind of irritant i'm just trying to i guess i mean they don't like it look the westlake macarthur park metro which has been blasting classical music at elevated volumes in an attempt to drive out its homeless squatters reports that they also using floodlights to try to get them to move. So I mean, so that's, that's so rather than so ra <laughs> hey, don't they do so that in the bottom of it? So so uh, so let me understand. So we're sitting at the table in City Hall, <laughs> and we're like, we got a homeless population that we need to do something with. I know. <laughs> How about? <laughs> Stay with me. How about how about we play classical music at some ridiculous elevated volume, and 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 we put high beams on them. You know what happened? Probably not. Oh, let's find some housing. Let's develop some stuff. Let me. Let, let, let. No, we're not going to do that. You know, you know what? They probably um, elected a Guantanamo Bay interrogator <laughs> and they didn't know it. Oh, they knew it. <laughs> because this is what they do, you know, they do to prisoners. Because when they when they look down the resume, Harry, and they see it, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a bad idea. We didn't know that's what you were doing. Harry, that is so inhumane. That's, it's weirdness. That's um, in that's inhumanity. It's and then um, I think it was yet the day before yesterday. The guy who created the cash app. What happened, Harry? He was stabbed to death in a rich neighborhood. By who? His neighbors? Well, this is the thing, right? They have on camera him walking up to a car and showing, you know, like asking for help and showing that he stabbed, and the car drove away. Like what's going on in the Amer yo America's bugging out? They drove away. Yeah, now that car is gonna away. be shaved, right? Because they're gonna find it. Well, but he didn't. The car didn't do it. They just. Yeah, didn't. I know, but you might as well have done it. I mean, <laughs> but they just didn't care. I mean, unless there's a a good Samaritan law that there is a good Samaritan law, you know, but that could that they could charge you for not helping. Well, yeah, they could charge you for not helping. Because the only thing the the Good Samaritan law, I think, obligates people who, who have been trained to help. I think it's anybody. But 
So who stabbed him? Away. Was he? Did he come out the? Somebody stabbed him in the house? Like what? What's the story? What was he into? Harry stabbing is a very personal thing. It is. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 very. Somebody stabs you, Harry. He did. He got a girlfriend somewhere that went awry. He got a wife somewhere who was just like pissed off. Like well, that's what? the thing. They, or a boyfriend they said, or something. They said he had in the last year he he moved away from. San Francisco because of all the homelessness and all that stuff that's going on there. And, and the homeless followed him and killed him? Like, what's the, what's no, the story? And, no, but so that he, he was there, but he doesn't live there anymore. So he must have been visiting somebody when he got stabbed. He wasn't going home. You know, so who knows? I saw yeah, the, this is This sounds like a crime of passion. Yeah, I saw I was trying to break up with somebody. <laughs> they had a, a press conference and they had people saying, this is getting crazy. Yeah, well, welcome well, to. Okay, it could be America. getting crazy, but tell me what happened. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't buy into the narrative is getting crazy because some rich white person got stabbed. Tell me what the hell was he into? And I could tell you how it went down. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know why he was into anything, but you know, it, it Harry, is. You he was into something. You have a billionaire getting stabbed. Oh, oh, by the way, it was at two o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Th that's what I mean, Harry. Something was going down. I know it. Harry, I if I walk out my house at two o'clock in the morning, unlikely I'll get stabbed. If I walk out my man's house at two o'clock in the morning after we was fighting. I might get stabbed. <laughs> or, or you walked out of somebody else's. Or somebody else's. <laughs> right? If you were, if you were, like, he, if he walked out of some woman's house <laughs> that he wasn't supposed to be there, yeah. then you could get stabbed. Oh, that's right. If I walked out of somebody <laughs> else's man's house at two o'clock in the morning, I might get I'm not trying to make light of this. And no, no, we're not. But you know, us people. But there, we know, we know, we have done this long enough, Harry. We know there is more to this story because ain't nobody getting stabbed randomly at two o'clock in the morning if they're not into some ish. And he was probably into something, and it went awry. He got into a fight. They got into a fight or whatever. I, listen, mm, I I know what this is about. They just don't want to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I if, if, he was 42 if, years old. He was young. If they want to keep that neighborhood safe, maybe they should try playing classical music and lights. <laughs> lights. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you they won't do that. <laughs> Not in that neighborhood, right? Not in that neighborhood. No, we just gonna keep the stabbings going. We don't care. We don't care. So yeah. I know. And what and that wasn't his neighborhood? That wasn't his neighborhood. It's his former neighborhood. Oh. oh, yeah. He was into something, ago. Harry. He was into something. He it's, was into something. It's Nancy Pelosi's district. He, yeah. Not too far from where she lives. Well, she ain't do it, but... <laughs> well, I, well, you who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if he was walking out of Nancy Pelosi's house, who knows? We don't know where he was coming from. <laughs> we know that there was that... Listen. Listen, the guy we, who stabbed her, who stabbed her husband, right? We we learned some new words this year, Harry. Entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned some new vocab. Entanglement, Harry. You leaving out of some place at two o'clock in the morning, and it's not your hood. Something's going on. 
Something's going on. Something is going on. So they'll come with it. That they ain't say nothing now, Harry, because they're trying to clean it all up, tie up the loose ends, you know, all the stuff. And then it'll all come out. You know, he was messing around with somebody. They got into an argument. He was like, I'm leaving. I'm not coming back. And poof. Cut, cut, cut. Yeah, so I I know nobody's, you know, there's been so much garbage news. Um, nobody's paying attention to what China's doing, China and Russia. Oh, what are they doing? So oh, I know what they're doing. Oh, wait. Well, with wait. Bra- with Brazil, they're, they're oh yeah, what is going on with that? That they're, they're looking to change the world currency from American dollars to yen and you, or whatever it is they use. No, it's not yen. Yen is Japanese, right? I don't know. What the what, what's the Chinese? Anyway, so they're trying to change, you know, and, and already India has been, I think, paying Russia in non-American funds, right? So whatever they, they're using. Yeah, their money is trash too. Um. So, but the thing is, is that it's a danger to the American dollar. The yeah, yeah, it's the yen, yuan, yuan. So, so you know that, and also, oh, it's ren renminbi. That's the currency, and a yuan is a unit of the currency. Mm. So also, they um they've united Saudi Arabia and Iran away from Israel. So. Saudi Arabia was, you know, the mortal enemy of Iran. They're well, different. let me just tell, let me just say this, Harry. I said this the other day, that that woman that walked in there with the statue to the to the pro war blogger guy, I that's not a Ukraine thing. That I think Russia sent that woman in there to do that work because it's expedient for them to keep the narrative of why well, they start I- fighting this war. The 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 guy who was killed in the explosion in um in uh in Russia oh. in the cafe. You can't tell me, Harry. They don't know everybody's movements in that country in that city. They know everybody's movements. Everybody's. I'm not believing that some you some random Ukrainian. <laughs> I mean, gave this woman a bomb and said, "Oh, go deliver it to that guy." Nope, I'm not going with that story. I mean, you, I mean, <laughs> you don't know how far or how you know how far Ukraine is willing to go, but I doubt it too. I, 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 you think that a Ukrainian could have got into that city without some Russian knowing about it? No, I'm not going with that. Well, I mean, Ukrainians and Russians look alike. They're like. I mean, they're- <laughs> They they pretty much are the same. Yeah, they're the same people. So yeah, I I can imagine them. You don't even have to sneak, maps. You just have to talk Russian, and they do, and they do. Like, what are you doing? I'm going to see my grandma. I'm going to go see my babushka. <laughs> yeah, and um, oh, you're listening to Love Bass Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. And um, there's some leaked documents that say that Russia was planning to attack Japan before it decided to attack Ukraine. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw that. I don't know how That's much like, validity, but what? Japan doesn't have a they didn't have an army, right? Because they had to give up their right well, to an army. It, they've been building their army now, and they're 
talking about themselves getting into nuclear <laughs> weapons. Oh, give because, everybody, give everybody on the block a nuclear because China's weapon. China's threatening them, and and you, South um, North Korea keeps throwing bombs above them. I, this is the point that I want people to get with this nuclear stuff. It doesn't matter who holds the nuclear weapon, Harry. Once you launch it, everybody's gonna be harmed. <laughs> The well, people who launch it and the people who are being launched on. Everybody's going to be harmed. That's the part that I don't, I'm not understanding that people don't get. You cannot launch a nuclear weapon and not expect it to do damage blowback. I mean, when the nuclear um, power plant blew up, Harry, the ashes from, from uh, uh, China came all the way to hell here. Well, yeah, and they're still, not just that. Right, it, it actually infected the waters with the radiological stuff, and it and was, it's still affecting. Yeah, it, it was showing up on the shores of California. So yes, so I, I'm just I, if I if I if I was a thinking woman and I am, what would be? Why would I want to use a nuclear weapon to 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 kill half the world? What would I gain by that? There would be nothing left to, for you to take over because you'd have to take care of all these sick people. Because you you don't infected them, you'd have to deal with that. Well, that's the thing about uh-huh. it's weird. It's just you know, thank God that um, during the the Crusade times and all of that, they didn't have nuclear weapons, right? Because well, yeah, because they would have <laughs> right. Because that's what scares me the most. You know, religious zealots doing something because they think a messiah or this is coming, or you know, that's yeah. the stuff that scares me. Yeah, um, I think you might be. I might be with you on that one too. Yeah, because I, I some, might be with you on that one. Some people might want to bring that to the world, thinking that you know they're going to a certain place. Well, you know, so I, I want to tell totally. somebody wherever you think you're going, I don't want to go. So don't include me in your yeah, little. I, I don't think you get destruction plan. You, but I don't think you get to go anywhere if you kill millions of people, Babs. I, I, that's how I feel, Harry. But, but. it's like they—they're they're going to Hitler's heaven, <laughs> which is fiery. I guess. <laughs> All right, we gotta take a break. We got Anru at ten fifteen. He'll be in at ten fifteen, and he'll—he will calm all this down. <laughs> And reconnect us back to back to some semblance of sanity. <laughs> yes, uh, what is it? Arisha? The Arishas. The Arishas. The Arishas. Bring it back to, you know, to focus the middle. Yeah. We'll, we'll... Where we can all exist. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I will see you oh, in we'll uh, try 15 that, right? minutes. Yeah, yeah, we'll be right back. You listen to Love Bass Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio.
Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rosavi, and that's on Rue. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How are you yeah. doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, first, I want to send there's like so much happening. So I want to I mean, first just thank you for the birthday wishes. 55 is great. Um, yeah, loving it. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and then also sending a greetings out to all like all the traditions, right? These Abrahamic traditions are all like doing a thing right now. So Hag Pesach Sameach to folks celebrating Passover, um, Ramadan, Mubarak for those celebrating Ramadan. These, I guess it's the official end of Lent today and happy Easter coming up. So um, greetings to all, all those folks celebrating there. Spring continues to unfold and, and whatever else, you know, folks really hold um, dear and connects you or really us to the sacred, right? And our relationship with the divine. So I just wanna, it seems like a very kind of primed time to um, just greet folks and honor as, as folks are navigating what that relationship is, right? what their accountability is to the sacred and to the divine in their lives. So um, just sending a greetings to, to everyone, however it's unfolding. Right? Indeed. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So, and then from there, we'll go, we'll honor our ancestors and then we'll keep rolling along. <laughs> all right let's get into it so again this is to we are honoring and thanking our ancestors for the ashe that they have left for us and we are using that ashe right? we are picking it up and we're using it in our lives that's the chant Ibaye right how are you today Babs? You know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm I'm in a good space these days. 
you know, I'm not without challenges like anybody else, but right. you know, nothing is nothing is uh crippling me or mm. breaking my spirit. Mm. So good. You know. <laughs> good. Well, that could change, but right now we good. <laughs> you know, this is this is where we are right now. Yes, this is where we are right now. But the next moment, tomorrow, what like here we are. And being with that is like being really here now in this present is challenging enough. Um, and so to like recognize um, the, the, the stable enough, right? The good enough, the present enough um, is important. So I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to say it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so I was thinking about this, um, right, this time, which I think, I mean, for me, it's kind of ongoing, but like, what is, you know, our relationships and my relationship with the divine, and what is also asked of me in that part of that relationship. And, you know, I, I don't know, I, I feel that like my kind of work or the direction to keep moving in is to like try to be a real person, right? To, and that enough, right? To kind of undo all these messages of not good enough or, you know, dehumanizing things um, is a challenge, right? And to not fall into um, kind of popular notions about what that means. So concretely, the thing that comes to my mind um, actually it's about uh, like notions of masculinity. Um, mm. And, you know, I come, there was a real, I remember my dad saying to me once, um, you know, kind of the, the men, the half Kenny men um, would, the thing that would kind of shift them into any kind of like aggression or violence or anything was really about protection. Like that's what kind of got people like, you know, I will do what would like, that question of well, what will I do to protect like those closest to me? And, you know, the narrative in this culture, particularly for men, centers around that. Like our job is this like provider protector piece. And um, throughout my life, I've really been struggling with that and questioning it and undoing it um, because there's a lot of um, dysfunction that's in that and I'll, I'll actually really narrow space about what it means to be like be a man or what it means to be male or what it means like what does masculinity mean and even as I looked at my own family you know that line that my dad gave me was not <laughs> totally true right and you know this so my grandfather um so the kind of ways I learned about things, I learned at a young age that my grandfather was a boxer. He got a golden gloves. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm, I used to watch boxing with my dad growing up. Um, it's not something I watch now because, you know, watching usually two black men hit each other is not kind of my favorite form of entertainment, even though I understand the skill and kind of what's in that, right? Um, but I began to learn more about my grandfather's story. So he actually learned how to fight primarily to 
protect his mom and his siblings. He was the oldest of five from his dad, like from the ways that his dad would would lash out um, and abuse his mom, abuse my uh, great grandmother and the kids, his siblings. And that was really the learning. So both kind of as like a formal boxer and then also the kind of underground street fighting scene to make more money, right? To make money to help support the family um, and to provide. Mike, so my grandfather then, um, and this is, you know, there's all kinds of other layers around, you know, so what is systematic oppression and racism, white supremacy do to people? What is, what are our coping skills? So he also struggled with, um, as many folks did um, with alcohol abuse, um, but he made some decisions that however he, the, the, however the pain transformed into aggression or violence or lashing out, he wouldn't do that to his kind of immediate family. So my dad told me a story of, um, you know, my, his parents, my grandparents got into an argument and my grandfather just like, you know, was like getting really angry and walked out, right? So that nothing would happen. And my dad followed him. And I think my dad, you know, was probably around eight or so. And my grandfather like went out for a while and pretty much walked into, this is in Boston, walked into an area um, where he knew there would be trouble and came across a group of you know, like somewhere between five and seven guys and got into a fight and leveled them. And my dad had followed him and was kind of watching this unfold. Right. And so you can imagine that impact of that also. And when my when that was done, my grandfather turned around to go back home and saw my dad and was kind of taken aback and then just like grabbed my dad's hand and they walked back home and nothing was ever said about it. And so like that's, a, a you know, there's this like better than right being violent towards this family, but but still this these acts kind of unfolding. Um, my dad, um, you know, to his credit, kind of never I mean, when he was younger, um, I think, you know, got into fights and there was stuff around alcohol addiction, which certainly fed into that, right? I can't work on feelings. And so they kind of come out in these, in these other ways. Um, and then got sober when I was probably about 10. Um, and, you know, he, it's interesting, his mode was so kind of doing stuff outside in the world, being involved in justice work, you know, confronting other people being violent towards black communities as well as the police um and so there's certainly a lot of violence that he was um, participating in um but nothing ever, ever aimed at us you know he had the look right he had the like oh you're out of line and like we would get like the look and you know that was as a young person was scary and i certainly like stopped whatever i was doing and just did what i was told and then being a parent myself I remember I kind of thought like, well, the look is like, that's a good tool to have. Right? And I remember my youngest, um, so I, this wasn't said to me, this was said to my wife. And then my wife told me this is that my youngest said to me, and they were probably about, they were less than, I mean, they were probably like between five and seven, said to my wife, like, oh, it's, I get really scared when Papa does that. And it like hit me in this completely different way than I had 
thought, right? I kind of thought like, well, you know, I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to like really like shake or terrorize you or anything, but like, oh, the look is kind of that's all right. And then when they said that, I was like, oh, that's still in the spectrum of using violence and aggression to get my way, right? Like, mm. I don't like what they're doing. I want them to just do what I'm saying. I'm frustrated. I don't have the capacity to like navigate, negotiate something. So like, boom, I use that and that'll work. And then realizing, oh, that's still using power, right? This, this threat of something happening, which is really what the look is, right? Like I could destroy you. I'm not gonna, but I'm gonna let you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I had a conversation with them, and I said I wasn't gonna do that anymore, because um, I didn't want that to be the way that our relationship was. And so I then said, well, if I'm not using that, we need to come up with some other ways when you're not doing something or your end of things, so that we work together on this. Although I like a good look, though I must say. Well, <laughs> I know I get, I get it. it. No, no, no. I love I the way it. that you explained it. I I love that. But I get it. I get it. And this is this is like a part of what we're taught, right? That like, and this is a part of this the, the society we're in is that there's still this assertion of like power over someone. Like I have power over you, so I'm gonna give you this look, and you know, and because there's and there. They're, the only reason a look is is effective is because there's a threat behind it. Yes, <laughs> it's unsaid. It is vague and amorphous, but it is there, right? It's like, like you don't I, know what's going to happen, but you know something's going to happen. Right, and I will use it. And this is the <laughs> line, right? And so, I just made I made this decision because, like, I don't use that to other folks. That's right? and no. yes, yes. Right? Like you don't so, do it to your boss if you had a boss, right? Like or, or like. You know, I don't like something that a friend is doing, right? I'm not using that in leverage in the same way. And even people who are, um, you know, I'm like supervising or whatever, you know, there are other kind of ways to do it. It's like, I, there are other tools, right? I don't have to prove that, but there's something in the, in the family, right? And so I said, so why? It is crazy that I would use a tool that's a threat of violence to someone who is closer to me than some other person, right? Yeah. So I just started really kind of this like thinking and undoing these kind of processes. So that's kind of this one aspect around like, not just maleness, but like there's a, the threat of violence and aggression and like how that's used by men um, is just super prevalent. And then also realizing that like in some of these like prayerful spaces and these like quiet listenings that I do, like I would have these images of like something happening and me needing to like protect my family. And realizing that, like, there's such this confusion of, like, the, the value or the love, what will I do for that, right? Will I hurt someone, which I would, like, not voluntarily do, right? To what extent would I do that if, if I was threatened? And, like, those are actually not things that are occurring around me, right? But, like, there's such a deeply entrenched notion of, a demonstration of love, a demonstration of my value is my, in my capacity to wield this kind of power and violence and aggression on someone else to like make them do something or to protect a thing. Um, and it's just crazy. And in in this place of in, so as it this kind of arises, I'm what I'm doing is I'm just noticing like, oh, here's this thing around like there's something about protection that's here. And it's much harder to allow myself to feel 
tender and vulnerable in my heart, mm. that there are actually things that are outside of my control, that, um, yes, I may be able to protect if that arises, and I may not be. And my value and my love for them is not contingent on that. Um, and it's just this like reflection that I've been sitting with recently and all the ways that like these messages of what it means to be a man and a protector or in a certain role in a relationship and with family, that that's the demonstration of, of love. That's the demonstration of my value and a role that I'm in. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, it feeds into this other piece around like, you know, I'll tear down these systems, I'll fight these systems. And there's less, um, with that, as we're trying to be free, there's less um, attention paid to what does freedom even mean? Like, what does love really mean? Can I feel into it? Versus, oh, I'll transform the like, feeling hurt and vulnerable into anger and aggression, because then I can do something. Well, what does it mean to actually be in this place of of relationship that's centering love, that's centering love for myself, love for the people I care about. And then as we look into like the divine, like receiving that love and giving it, like being being with kind of love and tenderness as, you know, we're really vulnerable in the world. Like we're not gonna be here, right? I say this a lot in this, as we talk, like, you know, our lives are finite. Um, and just like as the spring is coming, these like tender shoots are up, which can you like, you look at them too hard and they fall over and like, oh, now like it's not really gonna fully grow into a thing. Um, you know, life is precious and, you know, tender, um, complicated, strong, resilient, all the things. Yet there's so much of an emphasis on the like, I'm gonna push through, I'll numb out, I'll compartmentalize this out to protect, to do the thing, to move the thing forward. and. For me, this, and I think this time is again, this like reflected time. What does it really mean to be in relationship with ourselves, our communities and the divine around um, sacrifice, around our own behaviors, around liberation, um, around these kind of renewals. Um, and can we hold these things in whatever moment we're in, whether it's the like time of the holiday, the time of the reflection or not. Um, particularly since like so much madness is going on, uh, so much, so um, much, <laughs> so much like confusion around what's real and what's not. And you know, can we kind of come back to what it means to be a person and deal with some of these questions and deal with some of these relationships? And that's, um, that's my hope. And I think that that's really the thing that will hold us through and hold us through, holds me through these, these difficult times, difficult times in the past um, and ones to come. Um, is that orientation around something that is also greater than my particular um, pain or suffering or confusion or angst or heartbreak or anger or whatever it is. Um, right? There are things that are, I'm also part of and in relationship to that are larger than to my particulars. Um, hmm. so I'll, think, I'll take a, a breath there. <laughs> no, but that's a. But this is a. This is a good meditation, uh, as we are in spring, right? More so for me than like New Year's, right? Than January, mm. but yeah, that that because everything around you is starting to sort of renew, 
you know, renew and and yeah. and begin again. Right. So this is a good medic. This is a good meditation to. Uh, yeah. Walk yeah. and and we're in this very holy season, right? It's a very holy time for a great many uh, religious uh, spaces and places. Like this mm-hmm. is so. It's all so. It, I, I mean, I'm not lost. The 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 symmetry of all of that is not lost on on folks of faith or folks of faith. Yeah. And I want to say that what do we want to renew, right? And this piece around faith and these larger questions are not separate from the day-to-day. They're not distinct from how I show up for my beloveds, how I show up at work, how I show up on um, commuting, how I show up between here and there. Um, all of it can be infused and our notions of healing, our notions of justice, our, our notions of wholeness, right? That this aspect of, of spirit and renewal can move through all of that as well. And, you know, imagine what, what we create in our lives, right? As individuals and in families and communities, what we create in our workplaces, what we create and then in government, right? being infused by these notions of cycles of renewal, right? How do we recommit to not just my way and your bad, which happens a lot, right? You're the other and my way is right and you're wrong. So whatever I, whatever I feel is justified to do to you, even in the name of faith, um, you know, I think I want to really want to question those things. Um, which means a lot of undoing, right? And a lot of connecting to these deeper feelings of uncertainty or confusion or fear, um, but also the beauty and the love and the, the the yearning for connection that's also there, like the yearning for like place and community and home and safety. Um, can we can we show up in those spaces for ourselves, with ourselves and with our relationship to the divine and the sacred? And can we then let that show up in our relationships with other with other folks, you know, mm. and and even the earth itself, right? Like, how do we not um, crap all over things just because it doesn't seem like it's on our side? <laughs> I had to do a quick little shifting of what I wanted to say because we're all on the radio and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I I like this meditation. Stretch our liberation. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I like I like that. Say more. Stretch our liberation. Yeah. Like is is I, I would say it is a small lowercase L if liberation is just about like my blank, right? My people, my home, my body, my, da, 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 like that's a lowercase L. And can we stretch into this uppercase L that connects us to wholeness and like our personhood? It doesn't diminish or ignore the particulars of identity, the particulars of of trauma, the particulars of systems of oppression, how they land on us, right? And how we interact with each other. And so can there be that wholeness 
which also says, oh, we're, we're actually human beings. Oh, and us being human beings means we're also in relationship to all the things that are not human beings as well. Um, and not in some like imaginative, like everything is just beautiful and you don't have to pay attention to the things. And, you know, um, but with our eyes really open, right? And really feeling like, oh, you seem, you know, we gotta be saved. You seem so different. And like, what would liberation mean really if it was really for all of us, right? Um, mm. right? And those include things like housing, education, healthcare, right? all of that, right? How Because our health shouldn't be contingent on these other things, right? Oh, if you can you know, afford it, then you get to live well? Like, really? That's, that's what we're creating, right? Right. To live well, you got to look a certain way. You got to operate a certain way. You got to claim or not claim certain things. Huh. That's that's not even a lowercase l. That's that's like we're not even going to call that any part of that liberation. Right. So what is it? What does that uppercase l um, really mean? Right. Questioning. So as, as like these notions of protection, right? As I was talking about before. Oh, that's not that's not liberation. I get to kill or hurt oh well what what would what would it mean to create systems and a culture where a person didn't feel the need that they had to go do that thing so they could live so they could be well hmm right wow what would that mean that's a big that's a big that's a that's big, a big question yes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's a we need a we need a retreat for, to unpack this one. <laughs> so in this time of reflection, right? What does this mean? So like if we're talking about like the divine and and our relationship to the sacred and God and our notions of that, those that's a big right? these are big forces. And so can that big force is that big force on our team? Right? Or is that big force actually operating even bigger than we can imagine and if so can we allow ourselves to be open to that even as we have to navigate our day-to-day that's some that's some big thinking talk about a stretch tis the season (laughs) that's a now that's a stretch Okay. Well, let like us get it. stretched, right? Can we uh, can we trust and allow ourselves to be stretched in our relationship with the sacred? Mm. That's a mighty word. Yeah. I I like it though. I I I think it's a it's a natural uh it's a natural state of contemplation that makes sense particularly in this season right mm-hmm. yeah. um and and i like the application of you know your everyday your everyday practical life like it's your everyday practical life outside of this season of holiness and sacredness right. your everyday practical life goes on right like you will move into summer right like there are no holy days in summer so <laughs> except summer is the holy the holy time right it's just summer um Right, right. I kind of like that. 
Yeah. Ooh. Is this like homework? Like, is this? <laughs> yes. You pose the question. You're like, well, ca can you? <laughs> so I say, yes, you can. Okay. And the invitation is to find your way to do that. Mm. Like, and that's that's the stretching into the relationship. Just like when you're in a book with a beloved person, right? Their invitations to stretch into that more, right? Oh, more connection, more tenderness, more in the places of not even knowing what love and connection mean, right? It's not something to figure out because it, it keeps unfolding. Right? The plants they keep unfolding. <laughs> they do with right? with with water and attention and with the things that are life affirming mm -hmm. we don't have to we don't have like a whole lot of plants outside don't need us to go watering them <laughs> <laughs> whole planet has a whole system we we are tending to actually get in the way of that right now right that's the problem right we're like i know better and it turns out oh maybe we don't always know better yeah. So can we be open to that stretching of like what that might even mean? Can we listen into that space? Yeah. Oh, I've been in this relationship and I'm causing and it's oh, it's awful. And like, oh, we're going at each other. Oh, all right. So how can I be in it differently? Can I not give a look and communicate something differently? so that things get done and it's not about me wielding and um, asserting fear and a threat of violence. Yeah, that's pretty powerful actually. Now I wish I could go back and unparent some stuff. <laughs> well, the good thing is you're still a parent, so you get to, well, yeah. <laughs> you still get to pivot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I have already pivoted because I know I don't control the damn thing they do. So, mm -hmm. so I'm just a consultant and no longer the manager. So, <laughs> do they know that? I mean, so, all right, I'm not going to get too much. So, like, as we shift, like, there was power in not just me not giving the look, but communicating to my youngest. You can doing your needs differently. Mm. And I'm doing something I don't want to do. So, this, I want to undo it. I don't just want to not perpetuate it, I want to undo it. So yeah. there's that invitation to, we can always un, in, engage in a process of undoing those things. Again, towards that big L. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Me too, Babs. Thank you. This was just what we needed. So how how did you celebrate your birth? How are you celebrating your birthday? 55 <laughs> is 55 is pretty uh it's, pretty amazing. It's, it's great. I, I remember uh, 55. <laughs> last year? It was your two years. No, I actually I, almost five years ago. <laughs> oh. Uh just trying to slow down. Really? Deepen, yeah, it's, I mean, it's about deepening my life and my practices. Um, 
I mean, there are kind of things to do that I want to do, but like fundamentally it's like, can I, what I'm saying is, can I be present differently with this big L in the things that I'm doing? Can I like breathe fully in all the things that I'm doing? Can I feel what's happening in the things that I'm doing? Mm. So that's, and can I be connected to like people and places and sacred and mundane and in that same way? Okay. Well, when I see you next, I owe you a big, big hug. I will, birthday. Gladly, I will gladly take it all. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you for your words of wisdom and your leadership and your guidance. Thank you very much. You make my life better. Oh, thank you, Babs. All right. So good to be in this time and place with you. Thank you very much. And I will see you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Take good care. All right, Harry Droz, we are out. And this is not a, a AI situation. We are really, really, I am really, really here. So, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, Dwayne Reginald, uh, Dwayne Betts and uh, Titus Kafar to talk about uh, this little beauty redaction. So I'll see y'all tomorrow. Love.